Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here uh, with a special guest today, and I teased this man right through the week. Before I bring him in, I'll let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 96 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. But joining me today is the legendary Jim Paschke, and we've been speaking about Jim a lot over the last few weeks here on the podcast. And uh, Jim, I know you've been inundated with media requests, and you've been on this you know, busy last month of, of calling these Bucks games and there's been a lot of attention on you. And I was going to leave you until the off-season before I decided to bother you. But I had that many people message me and say, can you get Jim on? So I thought I would at least ask the question. And it wasn't really much of a surprise to me, but you responded straight away and you found some time for me. So I really appreciate it, mate. It's my pleasure, Kane. And uh, this has been quite a month. I am overwhelmed by all of it, but I am very grateful. And it's been incredibly humbling to be honest with you. So as someone who generally doesn't like uh, getting too much attention myself or having too many people uh, say you know, nice things or whatever, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Part of me has enjoyed the fact that I feel like you've been a little bit the same the last month or so with all the congratulations and, and everything that's going on. But I'll send you my own. I've, I've said this to you before, but I think sometimes... You know, in Milwaukee, when you're doing the local broadcast and you talk to the fans, I think sometimes people are shocked that it's it's outside of Milwaukee where the impact is felt as well. It's not just a local broadcast. It's obviously right across the U.S., but I, I think I'm a perfect example of someone that from a very young age listened to you and has listened to you for over two decades. So um, I want to thank you myself and congratulations on obviously a, an incredible run, but I, I imagine a, a pretty enjoyable last sort of uh, month or so here as well. Thank you, Kane, very much for those kind words. Yes, it's been great. Um, I always concentrate on the basketball. That's at the center yeah. of everything <laughs> that uh, we both do and, and that I've always done. And uh, so that part of it has been great. But to your point about it not being just a local broadcast in Milwaukee and Wisconsin, it's so true. And the NBA's global reach has been so impactful uh, in my life. And I'm sure in the life of every other broadcaster, every other player. Uh, when we go around the world, I've had people call my name in China, and <laughs> it was shocking to me when that happened. And then I realized the, the reach of the NBA. And I've had a young man in, uh, in, in Europe who listens to and watches our games. He has since Glenn Robinson uh, played for the Bucks, And, uh, you know, it's just incredible, really. Uh, I was in Europe and he met me at the airport and took me around uh, his city one day. And so, I mean, the reach is incredible and the friendships that you make around the world uh, have, have been remarkable to me. It's, it's just truly amazing. So one of the things that I, I think 
um, that I probably didn't get a full understanding of until I was in Milwaukee for a couple of seasons there and doing the, the game day experience and media coverage and, and those sorts of things is, and you kind of hinted to this on a couple of your broadcasts, is the people that you meet uh, and the players are the, the obvious ones and the coaches, everyone sees that and the other broadcasters, but you do get into a bit of a routine. And when I was there basically for two years, every home game, I'd walk in about two hours before tip and every single game without fail, you were sitting there, you were already eating, whether it was with Marcus, Steve Novak, Katie, whoever it was. And you do get used to walking in and I would see you, you'd have your uh, typical big smile. You'd say, hello, I'd say, hello, we'd go, go do our own thing. But it's, it's interactions like that, that I think um, you, you probably don't, you appreciate it, but until you realize that you don't have that anymore, those are the types of people that you miss, just the, the everyday interactions you have. It's certainly something that I've missed there. And I can imagine for you, the network that you have within the Bucks, it's, it's, an ex- it's a big family. That, that's, I don't know how else to explain it. It's a big family. And it is a wonderfully big family, and it's great to see everybody every time we do. Um, those are the things I will miss the most. I will miss the people. Uh, sure, I'll miss the games. I'll miss the full arenas. I'll miss the fans, but they're people, so <laughs> I'll miss them. And uh, that's the key: is the people that you get to meet over a long career. And um, you know, it's it's just been wonderful to meet you and to meet you know the young man from Vienna, Austria, and others around the world. So truly remarkable, and and what a great blessing that's been for all of us. I think. So before we dive into the Bucks this year, what they've done this year, what hopefully they're going to do over the next few weeks, the other thing that stood out to me over the, the last uh, you know, little run here for you was when um, John came back on and, and it was the Jim and John show again and you guys had a quarter together there and I, I think that game was a bit of a blowout so that really gave you guys an opportunity just to, just to uh, shoot the shit a little bit and, and have some fun but... I guess that it's a surprise to absolutely no one when you broadcast with one man for so long that it's like riding a bike. And you two, after a couple of years of of not being on the call together, uh, John was straight back, absolutely firing on all cylinders. And that was, I, I think, for a lot of long term, uh, long time Bucks fans or, or people that have watched the Bucks for a long time, that was a, an incredibly enjoyable quarter of basketball. Well, thank you. That was quintessential John McLaughlin. <laughs> He did that for the 30 years we worked together. I never once considered whether or not he'd be ready to go. He could sit down and talk about a game of basketball between eight-year-olds, and it would be exciting. And, uh, you know, he just has that gift. He can sit down. He loves the game. He knows the game. And uh, he's excited about the game. And it was so wonderful to experience that again with him, if only for a quarter. And I heard a lot of feedback from fans about that. They wanted it to happen. And when we indicated that it might, they got all excited and they were happy that it, it took place. And, and so was I. I, I was just really happy that we could sit down again and do it. And I had a big smile on my face because it was like riding a bike. I mean, I was just strolling along like we always did. Well, it's been funny because you've transitioned, obviously, from John. And there's obviously other people that have been in there as well. But then Marcus comes in. So you've essentially gone from one version of a showman, I would say, to a different version of a showman. They do it in slightly different ways. But uh, the entertainment factor with uh, you and both of those guys has just been ridiculous. And I I think we honestly, I I messaged you this, but when Marcus uh, did his uh, sign-off the other day with you after Game 4, 
I, I thought that he looked like he was getting a bit emotional. And I told you that that made me a little bit emotional when I saw that because I think you realize the, the situation, but um, the partnership you've had with both of those guys clearly um, has been a, a lot of fun for you and, and for those guys as well. Well, it took me back a little bit. It set me back when he got emotional. I yeah. was about to lose it and get emotional. <laughs> and I think my line was, let's just move on. <laughs> and, you know, I, I really appreciated that. And, you know, I feel the same way about him. I said, you know, something to the effect that uh, you're my brother. And, uh, you know, that's what develops when you do this for a living. Uh, you work so closely with somebody, you learn about them on and off the, the air, and uh, we travel together. And, it, you know, it, it's it's a remarkable thing, really. So that was very, very meaningful to me when Marcus uh, did get a little um, emotional about saying goodbye, and, and I felt the same way. And, you know, Steve Novak, Craig Kishan, Zora Stevenson, I mean, it's a tight group, and it's a great group. Dario Melendez is in with us occasionally. And, you know, it's it's really incredible what happens when you work that closely with a tight group of people. And then, of course, it goes out from there to, uh, you know, the people that cover the team on a daily basis. We care about everybody, and we, uh, you know, are interested in everybody, and we, we want to know what they think, and we all learn from each other, and it's just a wonderful existence. All right, Jim, I'm going to jump in and talk about our friends at rockauto.com. I don't know how familiar you are with the ad reads here on Locked On Bucks, but rockauto.com have been friends of ours for a long time. They're the family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com today on road to the finals our nba playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob ultra it's only worth it if you enjoy it and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season as far as this Bucks team goes, and, and I think I tweeted this out and I said that uh, I thought it was the perfect way to go out for you with the Bucks sweeping in the playoffs. It felt kind of fitting that that was a dominant performance that, that was the end of the run. But I, I thought about it a little bit more and I wondered what that experience was like for you, the fact that you weren't in the arena. Now, last time you were on the podcast, the NBA was shut down. We didn't know what was going to happen. But since then, there has been these... Empty arena games, uh, out of arena broadcasts. Was it a weird feeling for you? Did it become normal in the end? Like, how did it feel that your last call, you weren't actually in the arena there? Well, I would have preferred to be in a full Pfizer forum with the fans and everybody just have the full experience, of course. You know, it's funny you bring that up because the last game, I walked into the room in the back of Pfizer forum where we have been doing the road games and I looked around and the walls are painted black, the ceilings painted black, everything is black. 
And uh, I said, one last day in the dungeon. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the crew went out and got a, they made a sign that said uh, the Jim Paschke Memorial Dungeon. So they uh, put that on the wall for the last game and had fun with that. But, you know, we, we do what we have to do. We do what we're asked to do. And uh, once we started, it, it didn't really, you know, phase me about where I was. It was just a game of basketball. A victory for the Bucks and a closeout game uh, and a dominant performance. So it was all good, Kane. And, uh, you know, you try to be light and have fun with the circumstances as they are right now. But it'll get back to normal in short order here. Well, at least you were able to take the mask off for the last uh, month or so there. That that had to feel nice at least. Uh, I think I've described this regular season as... A little bit of a roller coaster. Now, as far as roller coasters go, I would say it's a pretty enjoyable roller coaster, particularly when you consider where the Bucks have been many years over the last couple of decades. But it's been different to previous seasons, the last two previous seasons, in regards to the consistency hasn't always been there, the consistent dominance hasn't always been there. But I think that there's been an understanding throughout, not only with the team through the media, the conversations that we've been able to have with players and coaches, that uh, this uh, a lot of this was by design. But I think when you've had a couple of post-seasons where things haven't gone your way, when you start to lose games that you're not used to losing, it can drive up anxiety a little bit with the fans and they can throw up some question marks. And I think in many respects, the Bucks have gone under the radar this year, but I think that they've had a plan and I think perhaps sometimes you need to lose as they have in the postseasons the last couple of years to learn some, some pretty hard lessons. It's very well stated. It's a great description of what we just witnessed. I've never seen a season like this where I equated it to uh, hitting speed bumps at night when you're driving, <laughs> you don't know they're there and boom, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're, Oh my goodness. And we felt that way. It was a bumpy ride this year compared to what we've seen the last two seasons under coach Budenholzer. But we did understand that we had taken a different road uh, as an organization and, and as fans. Everyone knew that we were on a different road, a little rougher, but it was for a purpose. And that purpose has been served. Uh, without practicing like they normally were able to do in previous seasons, this was all done on the fly, thus the speed bumps. And I thought it was just great to watch. I enjoyed seeing how things were being implemented game to game, how they were starting to add up and coalesce. And at the end of the season, I felt like the pieces had been put in place and that they were coming together as a puzzle. And I still believe that this team might be able to do something special this year, uh, in part because of the way the season was administered by Coach Budenholzer, uh, his staff, and how it was accepted and implemented by the players. Drew Holiday, you've been... Uh, obviously, you've seen him live a lot of times, certainly uh, far more than I have. Uh, I've been watching on, on far, uh, from afar on TV, I should say. I, and it's one of those things where he's always been one of those players that gets named in the most underrated players list. And people say, well, how can he possibly be underrated? But you're, you know that he's a very good player. And, and we were all very aware that the talent that he had when the Bucks were able to acquire him via trade but have you yourself been a little bit shocked? Because I think that the, the nuances, the little things, the unrecordable things that he does on a nightly basis, until you are sitting there and watching him eight, night in and night out, it, it kind of is really, really hard to understand the impact that he has on the court. And you still don't see what he does 
But when you're done with the game, you know yeah. that he did everything perfectly. Yes. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's a unique player in my time in the NBA. I used to love watching him as an opponent. I appreciated him. I could tell he was doing things really well, but you can't articulate it. You don't see the exact things he's doing. That's how good he is. You don't see the excellence precisely. You see it globally. And when you're done, you go, my gosh, he must have played a wonderful game because I didn't see anything wrong with anything that he did. And that's how I view him. So, yeah, I have a very high regard for him, having watched him every night this year. And, uh, you know, it's seamless. And when a great player can play seamless basketball, you're really on to something. I mean, he orchestrated this team. I made mention of it early. I said if they trust him and, and learn him and, you know, do things with him, he's going to really help this team. And Marcus said, they all know about him already. And I said, yes, but they have to work with him and they have to know that he can put the ball precisely where you need it to get a great shot. And he won't give you the ball when you shouldn't get the ball and think you should. And we saw that all season long, Kane. And so, yes, uh, a remarkable season and just a seamless season. And again, I have trouble defining what I'm watching except I know I'm watching something special. So I think this might be hard to answer, and I do apologize because I, I personally don't like it when I get asked player comparison questions on the spot because I find it very hard to, to think of players that fit the bill. But just with one specific trait with Drew Holiday that stands out that is just absolutely unbelievable. In fact, when I'm watching it from time to time, it just makes me laugh looking at him, is the, the strength. And we see him play bully ball and we see him go into the post offensively. But defensively, we've seen a number of players that are physically dominant players. There was a game against Philadelphia where Joel Embiid, for instance, tried to post up Drew Holiday three separate times during the game, realized, I can't move this guy. There's nothing I can do. He's not moving at all. And then he passed the ball out. As far as strength at the guard position, I, I don't know if a direct player comparison is too hard to answer, but it, it's very unique. It seems incredible to me. And like I said, it's, it's been extraordinary to watch. Well, there have been other players who have strength, but, you know, I think that is the biggest difference that I saw in the first round in particular, the Bucks' size. And when I say size, I'm not talking about seven footers necessarily. That's part of it. But I'm talking about size in terms of, their strength and their ability to control and handle other players. And for his size, he's bigger than people probably think he is. Mm -hmm. Drew Holiday is a very strong player. Now, you know, that's one of the things that I was alluding to that you don't really articulate and can't quite grasp while you're watching it. But not only is he a great defender, and by the way, if he were to be named first team all NBA defense, I wouldn't blink an eye. I would think that's okay. I would think it's warranted based on what I've seen this year. But the thing is, and you alluded to it, he can defend anybody. He can <laughs> defend anybody on the floor, no matter what their size, no matter what their strength, no matter what their skill level. When he goes up against Joel Embiid, he just hunkers down, plays low, and puts that strength against the lower part of a big man's body, which is how we've seen players try to defend Giannis in the past. That's all they can do, but it's very effective. There are teams that sent smaller players to defend Giannis with a purpose and on purpose. So Drew Holiday is an incredible defender and, um, you know, just amazing. And again, you really have to look at it closely to see all of the things that he does. 
I'm glad that you mentioned the physical uh, mismatches the Bucks were able to have in relation to that first round series with Miami because this was something that was perhaps on paper you could look at and you could think that this is a potential area that the Bucks would be able to get on top of Miami. But I think, and, and maybe again, it was the mental reminder of last season that you needed to see it play out on the court. But that was a physically dominant performance across four games. They were able to identify mismatches right across the floor. Defensively, they really bullied the heat. And this was such a dramatic change from last year. And, and I just wonder how you've seen, I mean, obviously the personnel changes, but I think also you have you know, Giannis continuing to, to grow up and mature and understand how to use his body and how to use his game. This team, for me, that's one of the biggest things that, that I've noticed in terms of personnel. This team, it's very simple, but they seem tougher. They seem like a tougher team and they, they seem like they're mentally stronger. And perhaps it's the losing, perhaps it's the personnel, perhaps it's a combination of all. Well, and I think uh, I could give you two names, and you know these names, B.J. <laughs> Tucker, Bobby Portis. They bring toughness. Uh, so there were some great additions with toughness. And now we're seeing a different kind of toughness. I would apply toughness to Bryn Forbes, but it's a mental toughness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kid, you know, is playoff ready, and he spent four seasons in a very solid playoff franchise and organization San Antonio and he's bringing a mental toughness that I saw in the first round that I like I mean he's not going to be denied and that's what you need if you're going to hold the Larry O'Brien trophy so those are the pieces that I'm seeing that could fall into place of course the second round is going to be very difficult but the pieces are there and if the focus follows the pieces I think we could watch something special. And, you know, in the first round, I said at the beginning of the series, I asked Marcus, why are so many people thinking this will go six or seven games? And that was a good starting point to have a discussion. After game one, I said the Bucks had a lot of things go wrong and they won. Miami had a lot of things that went their way and they were unable to win. These teams may not be as evenly matched as a lot of people think, and it played out that way. But you have to see, you have to see things, you know, that aren't on the surface. And size, toughness, just precision—all of the things we talked about that the coaching staff has put in and the players have accepted throughout the season—all of that is coming together in a way that makes this a very good basketball team. Now. Will they be able to beat perhaps – I mean, Brooklyn can be considered one of the best offensive teams in the history of basketball, probably, the way they're playing. I mean, they have three players that averaged 85 points a game in the first round. I'm not going to say that they are the best offensive team, but they're not bad. They, they're so good offensively, apparently they don't worry about their defense very much. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And my only concern – I'm taking you to the second round already, but my concern there is the number of players that Brooklyn has. People know the big three, and they think that's going to be hard enough to deal with, and it is. But what about Joe Harris? What about Blake Griffin? What about Claxton? I mean, and the Bucks lost DiVincenzo. So it's going to be interesting to watch and see how the Bucks can deal with a long list of players that need to be dealt with on that Brooklyn team. It's not just the top three. That's enough. But there are others that can hurt you. And uh, it'll be fascinating to see how the Bucks cover 
those other players as well. BetOnline.ag time now because we know BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action there for the Brewers if you're a Brewers fan. Get behind the Brew Crew at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams go through their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. You know this, Jim, and, and a lot of, most of the listeners understand this from watching basketball over the years as well. In these series, oftentimes it is the role players in a playoff series that can swing the results. And, and oftentimes, if you can't take advantage of a role player's big game, then it can come back to bite you. And you mentioned game one where it was a struggle for the Bucks against Miami, but Miami got a really big game out of Duncan Robertson. They weren't able to win that game. And then we saw a couple of Brent Forbes games where he just went off from the outside and the Bucks were able to win those games comfortably. So I agree. Uh, Jeff Green, we don't know whether he's going to come in and play, but he was someone that hurt the Bucks the first time they played. I think he hit 5-3. So you have to be wary of the other guys. And that's the beauty of having three superstars. The only eyes are on them and the other guys, are, they're knocking down practice shots, Jim. These are, these are easy shots for these guys. So... That's certainly going to be a, you know, a, a difficult challenge for the Bucks. But with Giannis, I asked Frank, my usual co-host of the show, before the Miami series, I said, do you think Milwaukee can win this series against Miami if Giannis isn't the leading scorer? And yeah, we had a, a back-and-forth discussion about that, and Giannis did end up leading the Bucks in scoring, but he averaged around 23 points, which we know is down from his season average. But one word that I've used a lot with Giannis this year has been patience. What have you seen from him? We know that his attitude off the court has been, it's been incredible to see how relaxed this guy has been all season long. But on the court as well, there, there has been some changes. What, what have you noticed from Giannis this year compared to uh, perhaps what we've seen in the MVP years? Well, I've noticed that they can win when he is not scoring a lot of points. And I've also noticed that he seems to be much more okay with that. And I think that's the real story because he's trusting other people. Uh, help me remember which game it was. He had, uh, uh, let's see, he had 40 points on assists. Must Probably his triple-double game, right? And I think he assisted on 10 of the Bucks. 13 threes in game four, okay? So he added 40 points. He scored 20, had the triple-double. What's wrong with that? You know, he didn't get his 30, but he had 20, and then he assisted and had a hand in 40 more points, 40 points with his <laughs> assists. And those are the things that I noticed. So I think the team is better many nights when that happens than when he scores 42. Uh, you know, because if he's scoring 42, he has the ball in his hands all the time. And anytime you have that, you become easier to defend. You're more predictable. And James Harden in Houston, Allen Iverson in the old days with Philadelphia. I mean, you knew what was going to happen, so you knew what to defend. Uh, and when Giannis is assisting and dishing and finding three-point shooters like he did in game four, uh, the Bucks are much tougher to defend and much more difficult to defeat. 
So we'll see if he can keep that up and if that plays out in round two. Uh, I would think that if they had a couple games like that from Giannis, it would be a really good thing. I know you've spoken about this, and I'm going to get sidetracked from the on-court stuff here, but I think everyone obviously watched the the latest interview that you had with Giannis, and that's where it was announced that uh, you were going to be retiring. How how did that come about, that that was the time that he was obviously going to ask you about it, you were going to reveal it, and what went into that? Because we know, we spoke about this last time you were on the show, those those are special interviews for you and special moments that you have with Giannis. Yeah, I've enjoyed those over the years. And, uh, people think that we hang out and that we're real tight <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, we're co-workers and we, we do our jobs separately and we are, you know, friendly with each other when we see each other. We talk, we say hello. We just have developed a rapport during these interviews and it carries over to everything else. It's like a person uh, that you don't see for a long, long time, but it's as if you have never been apart when you pick up again. And that's the way it is with Giannis. Um, you know, we normally do those interviews early in the season. This year, it got delayed till the end. And um, somebody asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said, sure. And I said to someone else, you know, it'd be really cool. I just had a thought. What if he talked to me about my retirement? <laughs> and I think that person passed that on and they got it to Giannis. He got excited about the possibility. And uh, that's kind of how it happened. But it was wonderful. And um, you know, everything that was in that interview was authentic on both of our parts. And, um, it's always been like that with him. Uh, the interviews with him have been totally authentic. I, I don't have any notes when I sit down with him. I don't even think about it. I just sit down and play off of what he says. Uh, he did say something this year that caught me off guard a little bit. He said he appreciated the interviews with me because I always held him accountable. And I didn't know I was holding him accountable. I always asked him how he would get to the next step. And I would challenge him occasionally on something he said and say, yes, but if what happens then? And I guess he liked that and uh, kind of liked the mental exercise of, of devil's advocacy once in a while. So um, it, it's been wonderful. And you know, I'll never forget that. I've never had anything else similar to that in my entire career. I've had some pretty good relationships and some decent interviews, but nothing that compares in any way, shape, or form to what's happened with Giannis. Well, Jim, I, I smile every time you say that people think that you are friends because it, it reminds me of my mom because my mom really, when I first moved to America, she didn't really, she's not a big sports fan, my mom, so she doesn't really understand you know, the interactions that you have with players, but she's seen and she's been sent a few clips of me interacting with Giannis before. So she assumes that we're friends. So she always tells me when Giannis ever comes to Australia, make sure you invite him over for dinner. And I have to tell her every time that, um, listen, we're we're not actually friends. I I don't think that your dreams of Giannis coming over for dinner are going to happen. So um, I have to let my mom down softly every time that comes up. But uh, I've I've only got a, a couple more for you here, but the one more basketball question uh, related question I had for you is regarding Brooke Lopez. It's been quite a dramatic transformation with the way that the Bucks have used Brooke Lopez, not even for the entire season. And I think part of it has been implementing different pieces along the journey, along the regular season journey. But since the All-Star break and really over the last six weeks here, we have seen a different version of Brooke Lopez. I had the numbers in front of me the other day. I think he's had 
eight 20 plus games, uh, 20 plus point games over the last sort of six weeks. And in all of those games, I think he's only hit more than one three on one occasion, which is it's just it's just crazy. That's mind blowing to think about if you've watched Brook Lopez over the last couple of seasons here with Milwaukee. Have you been shocked by how hard the Bucks have gone with this version of Brook leading into the playoffs? Not really. Um, I think that uh, there was a time early in the season, the first half of the season, when we wondered what was going on with Brooke Lopez and if he, you know, had dropped off a little bit. But then in the second half after the All-Star break, as you mentioned, we started to see Brooke Lopez. So at that point, I didn't worry about him. And he's a gamer. He's a guy who understands time of year and uh, the important portions of the postseason. Well, the entire postseason is important, but he understands that and rises to the occasion. I really thought he was – with all due respect and, and all obvious nods to Bryn Forbes, I thought Brooke Lopez was yeah. one of the stars uh, of that first round by far. I, I thought defensively he was incredible, and I thought his offense was remarkable and his block shots. I thought he was, uh, you know, indispensable in that first round. By the way, back to Giannis for just a second. My mother thinks I have dinner with him all the time. <laughs> and when I say – you know, we're not friends. I don't mean we're not friends. Yeah. We are friends, but we're not, you know, we're not going to dinner all the time and we're not yeah. hanging out. That's what you were alluding to. But my mother's the same way. So we have that in common. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. Honestly, I, I almost feel bad. Sometimes I just said, oh yeah, how's Giannis doing? Oh, he's great. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. 30 points today. He, he looked happy after the game. He's fantastic. Uh, as, <laughs> as far as, as far as this second round series goes. So this is, I, I think, for the the local fans, this is always part of the shame, and it, it's the business. It's, it's been what it's been for a long time now. The local broadcasts are finished. So, uh, what are you going to do? I assume the games at Fiserv, you'll be there. But what's what's the plan here the next week or so? Well, I just got a little inkling of that today. I think our game operations department uh, would like us to be involved with some of the in arena programming that they. Uh, are perfecting and increasing all the time. So we'll do that. And then uh, I think we'll probably be out on the plaza a little bit with that group uh, outside Pfizer Forum during the games and uh, interact and, and try to uh, help with that programming that's going on and that sort of thing. Um, right now, I haven't heard anything from Bally, so uh, that's always an option too. But uh, that programming gets reduced a little bit at this time of the year, and Craig Kishan, Steve Novak handle the bulk of that. But uh, those are the three options, uh, inside, outside, and a little bit of uh, shoulder programming, we call it, which is pre- and post-game programming around the network telecast. So I'll just have to see, Kane, and uh, I'm available. Uh, my unofficial agreement is that uh, I will retire at the end of the month in which the Bucks conclude their season. So. Let's hope that's the end of July. Well, we, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but um, <laughs> I, this, series, no. this series, Jim, people are saying whoever might get through this one, it might be uh, an NBA Finals team. Could be. And the Lakers, uh, you know, they, they're struggling to uh, move ahead with ease, so we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I, I have felt that uh, the pieces – far and wide are maybe dropping into uh, 
at least close to the places that you'd like them to be, and we'll see how it plays out. No, I'm not. I'm not moving ahead at all in terms of that. <laughs> trust me. I, Saturday is the only game that matters right now, and uh, uh, I'm just planning for uh, my vacation. That's all I'm doing. Where is this? The vacation? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the important no, stuff. I, you know, <laughs> no, I, you know, nothing this year uh, of any yeah. uh, great consequence, but. Uh, you know, as soon as whatever month I'm done, I'll probably uh, I have to run up and see my mother and remind her that I don't go to dinner with Giannis all the time. You know? Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say Australia, but all right, maybe maybe one day. It's you know, the- I'd love to. Someday I would. You know, my thing is uh, one of the reasons I retired at, you know, what that some people think was earlier than I probably could have and maybe it is, but not that much really. But one of the things that I always wanted to uh, make sure, Kane, is that I had a few years where I could still get around and, and could travel the world a little bit. I love doing that. And um, I like to go places and stay for longer than a couple of days. I, you know, when I go to a city, I stay for a minimum of a week uh, because I think the city changes after two or three days when everyone else is come and gone. And uh, I just like doing that. I could live in a country for three months, and uh, I hope to do that a little bit. Australia would be a great place to do that. I don't know what the uh, requirements are and how long you can stay before you have to leave again. But, uh, you know, things like that appeal to me a great deal for the next few years, and hopefully I can do some of that. Well, Jim, I say this to everyone back there. If you make it over here, and I'm I'm over here at the time, there's a free tour guide. So um, hopefully we'll get you out here at uh, some point. But listen, this, this has been really awesome. I, I'll say this. One of the things that has made it so enjoyable for me over the last few weeks is all the flashbacks, Jim. And you've been laughing and, and enjoying some of the great moments. But the one thing that you know about a, a broadcaster and some of the greatest moments in sports and you understand this, it's the moment and it's the athlete. And the athlete is obviously what makes the, the physical aspect of it so special. But everyone always remembers the voice. Everyone always remembers the call. And, you know, seeing some of those moments, I literally could picture where I was sitting when I was 14, when I was 15, whenever it was at home, um, watching the games on League Pass back here. So that's been a fun ride to me. And again, it just reminded me how long I've been listening to you call Bucks uh, games, Jim. And it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, and I've, I've said this, you know, every time we've spoke, but it's, it's been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit and, and certainly a thrill for me as well. So I said it at the start. But I really appreciate you coming on, and and thank you. Thank you for everything, Jim. Well, thank you, Kane. I uh, have appreciated getting to know you. You know, when when you look back and you're forced to look back on all those clips, what it did for me was it just put into perspective how privileged a person can be to record those moments so that people will enjoy them at the time and will enjoy them subsequently when they hear them again over and over and you know that really is a privilege and it's I I was always very appreciative of the responsibility of that you try to have a good call and you try to put things in perspective and uh, seeing all of that back just washed over me Uh, the fact that I have been so lucky to be able to do that for a living will you know be something I will be forever grateful for and I think that's pretty obvious to a lot of people but uh, it's true and you know, we, we give things lip service, it seems like it, but uh, when you get to do what we do, uh, it's a big deal, and it means an awful lot, and it it humbles us 
uh, it should humble us and it has humbled me. So thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I have talked to Giannis. Uh, he said, if you're ever in Greece, be sure you come over. And if I'm here, you know, I'll be your tour guide. So I appreciate what you said about Australia. So now I have two locations for sure that I'll have to visit. Two pretty good options, hey, Jim. Greece or Australia? That's not bad. You, you, you're doing pretty well there. That's impressive. Uh, thanks again. I, I like to go where I know people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. No, it's a, it's a great call. It's a great call. So as we said, uh, we have got a time, a tip-off time now for Game 1, 6.30 p.m. Saturday. Uh, we've still got a couple of shows before that. We've got a, a Brooklyn Nets crossover pod with Locked On Nets coming up here in the next couple of days as well. But um, if you are new listener to this show, and I'm sure that this episode with Jim is going to bring some new listeners, make sure you share and subscribe uh, because uh, we do this Monday to Friday. It's a lot of fun. Appreciate Jim coming on. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.